What's up, freaks? Welcome back to the Freaks Progcast, presented by the Prog Space. Today, Dario and I talk about all the hot videos and singles that have dropped in the last week. And later in the show, we do a deep dive into the discography of progressive metal legends Andromeda, with none other than founding member and guitarist Johann Reinholtz. Stay tuned, freaks. What's up, freaks? Welcome back to the Freaks Progcast, presented by the Prog Space. I'm your host, Randy Salo, as always with Dario from the Prog Space. What's up, Dario? How's it going? Very good, thank you. Last week, we had a long talk about Evergrey and their extensive discography with our good friend Jason from the Prog Mind. And we skipped, actually, our What's Hot section, so we got a lot piled up for this episode. <laughs> Piles of Prague. Yeah, and I just want to jump right in with a couple of 2018 releases where we had like some new videos coming out in the last two weeks or so. Um, first up, we have actually a debut album that was released in January 2018 already, so one year ago. And it's a bunch of Israeli guys studying at Berkeley College of Music. And uh, the name of the band is Hago, or Hago, I don't know how you pronounce it. Um, and they play fantastic uh, instrumental fusion jazz metal kind of stuff. They call their sty own style um, falafel gent. <laughs> nice. And uh, the mastermind, uh, Yoel, he's also the guitarist of um, Israeli prog metal band Distorted Harmony. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, uh, they put out a little playthrough video of the of the little track Dawn of Dawn of Machine. Yeah, and um, well, the album is fantastic. As I said, it's instrumental jazz metal with this uh, Oriental, like or Middle Eastern influences here and there, and um, on the on the same crazy level than we had. Um, some other instrumental debut albums last year from Gleb Kolyanin, for example, or from uh, Lux Terminus, Vikram Shankar project. Um, and they're all on par, like top-notch uh, musicianship and great compositions if you're in into that kind of stuff. So check out Hago Dawn of Machine on YouTube and their self-titled debut that's been out for a year already. That was the first one. Second one, we have a, a video from uh, Stellar Circuits from the US. Um, they put out also, I think it was also their debut album. I'm not sure though. Um, it was called Ways We Haunt. And the video is called Fella Under a Spell. I have to admit, I didn't listen to the entire album. Um, it's some modern prog stuff, modern prog metal. And I have to check out, to check it out a little bit deeper. Um, definitely promising stuff. And as a last uh, little live, I, th I think the the uh, the fell under spell video from Stellar Circus was also like a um, edit from live footage from that mm -hmm. tour. And the same goes for Beyond Creation, amazing tech death band mm -hmm. from. Uh, uh, Franco-Canadian Waters, yeah. mm -hmm. uh, Beyond Creation, they put out 
a video for In Adversity from their most recent album, Algorithm, which was released last year through Seasons of Mist. So that was our quick checkup on 2018 releases with new videos. Um, on to 2019, we, we also talked about Kedinja from France mm -hmm. a couple of times and with with the release from of their second album, Super 90, they also put out a new video for the track From the Inside. Um, uh, also, just like band, band footage, band playing. Um, we have from New Zealand, a band I didn't know until they were announced for Proc Power Europe. They, the band is called City of Souls. They put out um, a single video, Wolf, uh on the 18th of january um they're um signed to wild thing records and i think their debut album is expected this some at some point this this year uh they also play some sort of modern kind of prog metal i guess um and the last of these um quick run through videos i would say uh, we have the Finnish purveyors of dark, doom, death stuff, Swallow the Sun. They've got a fantastic new album out through Century Media. It's called When a Shadow is Forced into the Light. And the newest video they put out for that is Firelights. Brilliant song. Absolutely haunting. Amazing clean vocals and a crazy black metal bridge towards the end. And then back to the clean chorus again beautiful song and i have to admit i i do have to listen to the whole album still so i'm looking forward to that all right um going chronologically through the releases uh next up we have some uh prog some of prog prog's mainstays <laughs> um neil morris and his band uh his kind of super group uh put out the um follow-up to the similitude of a dream, yep. right? Yep. Um, uh, the Great Adventure was released on 25th of January, so last week, right? And they also got a new video, which is called I, I Got to Run. Mm -hmm. Did you watch the video? Yeah, right? so uh, I actually listened to the album yesterday. Oh, okay. Uh, it came out Friday, and um, I got to hear the whole thing yesterday, and... I really liked the similitude of a dream. It was kind of a surprise for me because I don't, I don't love everything that Neil Morse does. It's, it's not always like my favorite kind of prog. It's for me. Uh, it's it's often like kind of dad prog, <laughs> is the the, yeah. the term that comes to mind because it's it's very like Kansas inspired, like kind of this older you know style of of classic rock AOR prog. Yeah, the thing with with Neil Morse solo stuff uh, after he left Spock's Beard and Transatlantic around two thousand something, like in the early noughties, mm -hmm. you say that? Yep. <laughs> yeah, uh, uh, <laughs> early noughties. I'll take I'll take that. <laughs> um, yeah, it all became very sameish after after time. Like like you had the feeling not only like he he was all always. Repeating his same story and about him finding Jesus and God and mm -hmm. whatnot, 
that's fine with me if if that's good for him like if 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 that's his way uh so be it um but not only the the themes lyrically but also the music seemed to repeat itself so i lost interest actually and i have to admit i barely made it through the first uh, disc of similitude oh, okay. of a dream i mean i stuck with it you know primarily because of portnoy i guess just like you know still like to follow the stuff that he does and he did like a live video when the similitude of a dream came out where he like listened to it he, he kind of did his own reaction video which i think yeah there there, there was a lot of hilarious. there was a lot of uh, mike portner induced hype around similitude of yeah. a dream he was saying oh it's, it's the, the best, best album i did ever in my entire career it's, it's a better concept album than scenes from memory part 2 which no i can't give it that no, uh, never <laughs> never but 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 nevertheless i did like it and it has like some really shining moments and i actually think after just one listen that this album is maybe even better so i i really liked it i mean there are parts where i'm like okay here we go neil morris dad rock dad prog um <laughs> and it's like yeah you know that's not my favorite kind of prog not that i need something that's super modern i mean i like the throwback but it's kind of like light and happy prog. Yeah, and absolutely. I think my tastes are more in the like evergrey, like I, I want to cry because I did yeah. something wrong. <laughs> not, because Pain of I, salvation. not because I found like <laughs> safe salvation, you know? Yeah. So it's a little bit like... Yeah, the, we need the pain of the salvation. Yeah, exactly. So, um, <laughs> but it has, uh, I, I think it has some more like experimental musical moves, which you already hear on this single and certainly with the way the video looks and like the clothes they wear they they look like they're kind of going for a more modern you know look to reach the young people did you see the video yes yeah and I, I, I was more intrigued by the by the masked figure he was yeah. portraying or yeah. something and um well i i have to admit for me the most interesting guy musically in the band is Eric Gillette. Yeah, he's, he's just great. amazing great talent. Great vocalist too. Absolutely. He was able to show it uh, at the Shattered Fortress gigs as well. Yeah, and I think actually that this is maybe like a bit dangerous too for him because, you know, Portnoy touted him as like the the the, the guitarist who could sound the most like John Petrucci, which seems to be a compliment on the one hand, but on the other hand it's like might might limit it his, might limit his, his his chances of being seen uh, as his own talent yeah know, his or, own or originality seen for his own style and stuff yeah. Yeah. yeah and i think he has his own style i mean you certainly i mean i think there's like the music man guitar you know and like some elements that feel very petrucci like in his playing and certainly like his use of wah is very similar and and you know hey but there's nothing wrong by being inspired by John Petrucci, and so many are. It, I just didn't think it helped if Portnoy yeah, <laughs> kind of said true. he was like, oh, but, but, he's but, almost but, as good as my ex-girlfriend, you know, like this, you know, it's <laughs> a bit like... Well, but with the guitar, um, I mean, even uh, Jakub Zitechki, uh, I hope I, I uh, pronounced it right, from Disperse, who actually left Disperse last year, Um Polish, amazingly talented guitar prodigy. Uh, he also played uh, John Petrucci's signature guitar, yeah. and he's in. He he's got an entirely different style, um, like like uh, David Maximicic and all these new prog 
uh, gent, whatever you want to call yeah. it, um, innovators with with open tuning, whatever. I'm not a guitarist. I have no no clue what they're doing, but it sounds different. It sounds modern. And I'm just it's a bass player, so it I sounds guess. cool. <laughs> uh-huh. So okay, that was Neil Moore's yeah. band. I got to run from the Great Adventure. I like it though. Check it out. Check out the album, Dario. Give it give it a shot. I will do it. Quick uh, side note for some instrumental weirdness from France. Have you ever heard of the band called Mergouble? <laughs> Bless you. <laughs> um, I don't know. If, no, I don't think so. But I can't see the spelling at the moment. So, maybe. so it's, it's with an O umlaut. Um, uh huh. And yeah, it's a, it's an instrumental jazz fusion trio mm-hmm. with a guitarist extraordinary Christophe Godin. And they are putting out a new album, which is called The Story of Scott Rutty, which is out on the 1st of February. And they put out a live video for the song called Anarchitecture. Uh-huh. Now we're, we're, we're going back to some... Some names. Some names you might have heard of Soen. I've heard of Soen. Sweden. From Sweden, Lotus. Lotus, the title track of the upcoming album, also out on 1st of February. Um, beautiful, I yeah, love it. Yeah, it's a great song, and it's like the mellow song. You know, it's funny, like, sometimes the, the name of, the, when, when a song has, you know, the name of the album in it, it, you know, you get different, it's like always a mixed bag of what you get, and this one is like super mellow. That That's interesting, because for me, it... it it is a third single, we have to say, yep. for, for the album. But for me, it makes total sense that the single or the, the album title track is also the mellow song because it is somehow um, Lucidity Part 2, in <laughs> a way. <laughs> and Lucidity from the previous album, um, Lucaya, was, I, I would guess i would say the best or yeah the got the best reception of all the songs oh. on lucaya and i have to admit i i i listened to lucidity for half a year like on a daily basis i listened just to lucidity wow. because it's such an amazing song so beautiful and uh lotus i didn't think they 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 could come this close to the lucidity feeling that I, I didn't think they would be able to come that close again to that feeling mm-hmm. uh, lucidity gave me um so kudos to the guys joel beautiful vocals um i love that gilmore solo break at the, in the middle towards the end of his like yeah the, totally pink floyd but it's <laughs> so great that, that was actually <laughs> the same with with lucidity but back then we we had um Marcus Yedel still in the band, mm-hmm. and now we have the new guy, Cody Ford. Um, but I don't know if he plays it, or maybe um, Lars Olund, the second guitar player and, and keyboard player, who's been with the band for a while, and uh, now for two albums, I think he's a main member. A fixed yeah. member. Yeah, yeah. Um, because in the live setting, we will see in the live setting. I'm really looking forward to seeing them again. They're, they're going out on tour. Uh, in Europe, yeah, they're coming to us in March, I think, to Munich. Yeah, 
Just a real quick note about the video um, before we move oh, on. Oh, yeah. It, it, like, it came on and I was like, I know this artist who did this and I recognize it. Sort of Alice in Wonderland, the story happens, which I don't really fully understand. But when I looked in the credits um, and I looked up the song online and I looked on their website, there's like no credit of who did it. But then later I found out who it was and it's going to be somebody else that did another video in our list today. From the filmmaker Costin Chirano. Yep. Yeah. So who's doing great great artist. Doing so many videos that I watched lately, especially the animation ones. And Yeah, he's got a he's got a beautiful and very distinct style. Mm-hmm. Um and I but I but I would say to the band it would would have been nice to have listed his name, you know, in yeah. there because it's such a wonderful video and, and why not, you know, and I think somebody just missed that when they, you know, released it on social media. You know, it's so, not in the film, which is okay because it's their song. But you know, I agree throw, with that. Throw the filmmaker a little. little well, credit we're here. gonna stay on yeah. that sewing tour because um, we have a Finnish newcomers wheel. We also talked about them already on the broadcast with their second single, "Where the Pieces Lie," from their debut album, "Moving Backwards," which will be out on the twenty-second of February. So I love this single too. I liked I really, really liked the first one. I liked their style. I liked that mix of like yeah, modern prog, alternative tool, carnival, whatever, you know, without branding them with too many other names. <laughs> they do it they do their own thing, but I yeah, I really like the it. The first one was called Vultures. Yeah. We talked about it on the on our first uh episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah, with the like church, with like the burning of the yeah. witches and yeah, stuff. Yeah. And this this story seems to the, the video is a little not as wonderful and powerful as the first one, and it kind of Got a more just lo- has a guy smashing things into yeah, little, little pieces, which is basically the <laughs> name of the song. <laughs> yeah, they pretty much just progged in there on their own music video. Um, yeah, but nevertheless, I mean, it's cool. It's okay, uh, but you know, sometimes it's like. It's hard. Music videos, it's not, they're not yeah. easy. They're yeah. not easy. But I love this song. I'm yeah. really looking forward to the album. And we have another band on that tour, and that is Ghost Iris from, from Denmark, I think. Uh-huh. And they also put a new video out from their newest album, or the, from their upcoming album, Apple of Discord, which will also be out on 22nd of February. And it's a lyric video for the song Final Tale, and all in all, they're more, uh, more modern, genty, also with scream vocals and stuff. So they might be a little bit the odd one out on the, mm. that tour. Um, but still, cool band. I didn't catch that single, but I'll definitely go hear it before the show. Yes. Okay, shall we? Uh, shall we move on to some? Another legendary name, Steve Hackett. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> who, who wants to start? <laughs> uh, I've seen Steve Hackett playing live at Lorelei um, at the Night of the Prog a couple of years ago. And I remember I was um, having a great time and I just was the whole evening, or I was just waiting for them to play Firth or Fifth. And I was the happiest progger in the world when they played it. I had uh, tears in my eyes, and I think the whole evening before and after that, I was just endlessly talking to Tom uh, from Haken, ex-Haken bass player Tom McLean. I was annoying him uh, 
how awesome I think First or Fifth is <laughs> as a song that, that I think it's one of the greatest composition in the human history. Oh, oh wow, okay. <laughs> okay, I have to admit, I was a little bit drunk. But yeah, <laughs> great memories. Uh, Steve Hackett is uh, still at it with his, he's still bringing out solo albums without Genesis, but live he plays a lot of Genesis stuff, mm. of course. Um, now he's got a new one in the pipeline, a new solo album with, with original music it's called At the Edge of Light. It's going to be out on 25th of February through Inside Out Music. And there's a video for the song Beasts in Our Time. And um, I like the sound of the music mm. very much. Mm -hmm. um, but the video was felt like really a forced cliché. Don't you think? Oh yeah, um, <laughs> yeah. I, I agree. I, uh, the music's the music's totally fine. I, I I dig it. It's it's not my favorite kind of prog. It's not something I would run around and listen to all the time. But um, music's great. He's awesome. But the video, yeah, like in front of the green screen. Uh, you know, his whole performance is in front of a green screen, and then there's this weird story which has such a strange tone because I, you know, is. Is the old guy the father of that young girl, or is he grandpa? But he was already kind of creepy, and he's watching this World War II thing, which I don't know what ha that had to do with anything in the video. And then you know there was like a spider, and 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 and, and, and he saved the girl from from the spider, the, and then they were the like obviously not poisonous, yeah. You know, um, and then and then Vogelspinne, the yeah. tarantula, who's not dangerous. <laughs> I mean, and he threw him, the poor spider. Do we have like PETA on set to like make sure that the spider was not harmed in the making of this video? <laughs> <I don't> no. <know. laughs> uh, and then there were like happy family. It looked like it was supposed to be the father, but it, he looked like a lot older than the mother. Yeah. And there was it's a little weird bit chemistry. Weird constellation. And then they went to to some fair. Yeah. And 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 then there was, there was this fucking creepy clown. Creepy clown. <laughs> Come on. And then and then there was this abduction kind of thing and yeah. then he tried to save the girl and by he, playing a card game or something <laughs> kind of lost interest at, at that yeah. point i didn't know where we were going and then and at the end the big twist it's all a dream <laughs> <laughs> oh yes yes i forgot that <laughs> it's got the, the most cliche i mean and then there's like a you know of course right at the very end there's like a uh, eagle on fire. I mean, yeah. What 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 was that about? <laughs> <laughs> there's a, there's actually a description online of of what <laughs> all the symbolism means. Oh wow! Shall we read that, or do you? No. <laughs> you can go find it. Yeah, it's, go find uh, it. I mean, there's a meaning, and hey, they did a lot of. I mean, it, the video absolutely. wasn't cheap in the sense of no. like. I mean, there was a lot of work done there, and casting, and acting, and locations, and clown makeup. <laughs> but nevertheless, I just. It was just, yeah. I was already creeped out by the dad, grandpa I'm, character, and what he's doing with her in the woods. I thought that was going to be the story, you know. Like I had the same feeling. You I'm, trust him, but he's okay. It was a little bit weird. Anyway, yeah. anyway, still beautiful music coming yeah. from Steve Hackett and uh, some great players. Next up, another legendary name. We have Queen Strike with another with a third. Post Geoff Tate album, so I'm. We're talking about the real Queens right here with Todd Latour 
and yeah. the guys I'm not taking any sides or yeah. anything <laughs> no uh, jokes aside Queensryche the verdict new album coming on uh, 1st of March through Central Media and there was a lyrics video for the I think it was the second or third single even it was called Dark Reverie have you listened to it no unfortunately I, but I, I, Queensryche is, is not on my radar at all Unfortunately, um, I haven't really liked anything that they did apart from Mindcrime Two. I haven't really liked anything since Promised Land. So I, mean, I have like to admit, super I, old. I didn't even listen to Mindcrime Two. Ah, okay. There was I like that. There, there, there was a time in my life when I uh, that must have been around two thousand three, mm-hmm. when I was playing the the only time in my life that I was playing computer game. Uh, excessively which was Diablo 2 oh. and I always listened to Minecraft 1 ah yeah when I was playing Diablo 2 so Minecraft 1 is a classic I mean it is but but I I connected it with Diablo 2 in my mind so that was a oh. little bit stupid of oh, me oh yeah maybe <laughs> yeah uh, so I haven't heard it. did you listen to it uh, to the new single yeah yes once but I forgot how it was. Ah, okay. <laughs> now, actually, yeah. with the two, with, with, with the just, just a little um, uh, perspective on the new Queen's Reich with Total Tor, the first album they did, I think it was a self-titled. They they've got two really cool songs on that. I rem- I, I actually went out and bought it because of the single, um, which was "Where Dreams Go to Die," and. Then there was another, um, some kind of ballad, ballad track, a ballad. The ballad on the self-titled was called uh, A World Without. Yeah, those two songs, and they were the only songs from the album that stuck. I still really like them. Okay. And But that's also a couple of years ago already, mm-hmm. and in the meantime, they had another album out, Condition Human. Yeah. And I have to admit, I didn't bother to check that out. Yeah. Well, but Maybe they're we still an, going. Maybe if we do an episode on Queensryche, <laughs> the history. I mean, yeah, moving on. Moving on, we have another more visual video um, telling some kind of story. Mm-hmm. But um, it's for an album that came out last year. We're talking about The Pineapple Thief. The album is called Dissolution. It was released last year through K-Scope. And they just put out a video for the song "Threatening War." I, I like the I like the song already because I, I bought the album last year when it came out, and I mean I, I don't think I'm like the biggest fan of Pineapple Thief. Like it's like a band that uh, you know I have respect for, and I have some of the early albums, but it wasn't one that I like really stuck with um, so much. And at this point. Uh, I really connect them with Gavin Harrison because like there's always so much marketing around the fact that he plays in the band. Yeah. Um, but uh, I, I, I did like the song and I like the v- video a lot. I like these kinds of music videos. It's like a little bit like a mini indie film. Yeah. <laughs> and it yeah. has a lot of, you know, you, you after, after a few minutes, you kind of know what happened. Like she lost a child maybe to drug addiction or something because I feel like she goes to his home which is now empty and like goes through his stuff 
and there's like all the dead bees and stuff on the window. So there's a lot of nice touches it's on the beach. Mm-hmm. I, I like it. And it, and the aspect ratio is something like 235 to 1, which is like this super <laughs> widescreen, you know, with like the big, you know, crop on the top at the bottom. They really shot it in a kind of spectacular way. Even though it's very small, simple story, it's like Dunkirk, you know, <laughs> okay, <laughs> in the trailer park. <laughs> um, yeah, The Pineapple Thief also coming on their second European leg for the Dissolution Tour. Next one is like a really underground thing you probably never heard about from France. We have uh, Soledad, a solo project. Um, it's from a friend of mine, uh, Lula Dombla Soulier. I hope I pronounced it correctly <laughs> from the top of my mind. And she will put out uh, her debut solo record uh-huh. under the moniker of Soledad uh, entitled Catharsis in February. And this was like the first single she released called White Knight. Okay. Um, also modern prog metal. She's playing almost all instruments. Oh, cool. Uh, produced by Luca De La Rosa, also known from his work with Delcy Hill and Kior. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Cool stuff. Check it out. On to another new big name supergroup coming up in the more extreme prog metal world. I am Monolith. They put out their first single, Hollow, and the band is comprised of John Howard of Threat Signal on vocals. Um, but as I understood it, the initiator of the project is Brian Waddell, who is a Beave, I think is his uh, nickname. Yeah, Beave. Yeah, he's... Bassist for he, Devin Townsend he, Project, former uh, bassist. Absolutely, uh, but he, he plays his original instrument, the guitar, in oh, this... Oh, uh, okay, funny. Uh, yeah, in this setting, and they have Byron Stroud from Zimmer's Hole on bass. Okay. And yeah, Ryan van Buderoyd... <laughs> from Devon Townsend Projects as well on drums. Yeah, yeah, wow, okay, that sounds great. I mean, those guys have to get into something <laughs> else now because the Devon Townsend yeah. Project is over for the moment. So, I mean, yeah, the, all these guys have to jump onto something. And um, I'm sorry that I didn't know about this before, but in, by the next show, I'll have checked this out. I'm, I'm very curious. Yeah, it's cool. It's pretty pretty much straightforward stuff, but but it's it's great. Yeah, before we get to the very important ending, and, and <laughs> another very important, on my, for my part, uh, announcement from the underground or less known parts of the prog universe. Randy, are you a fan of Swedish dark prog metal band Catatonia? Yeah. <laughs> How dare you ask me such an insulting Sorry. question. <laughs> uh, do you remember their album night is a new day of course and the last song departer yeah on the last song on the last part there was a guest vocalist <laughs> tell me dario his name was crystal linder and he's uh he also used to to sing in the obscure swedish prog metal band called enter the hunt but ah. um like his solo stuff is totally ethereal electro art pop whatever you want to call it and i love his uh, solo album songs from the silent years very very much it's an amazing album amazingly produced if if you're into that kind of dreamy vocals and it's just beautiful and he just announced a new solo album which is called across the never 
uh, which he will release on his own Ghost Friend label on the 9th of February. So check out Crystal Linder, but from one amazing singer to another. Einar from Leprous. Angel. Yeah, I mean, the original is kind of classic, you know? I mean, and, and the video too, which I have a secret theory about, but um, have you? do you know the original video? I have to admit, I do not. Leprous did a new cover of Massive Attack's Angel. Yes. And the original came out, I think, around 1998 in that blurry pre naughties era. <laughs> and the original video has the band members, uh, the one guy, the one main guy, I forget it with his name now, but he's like getting out of his car in a parking garage. And people start to follow him as he's exiting until there's like hundreds of people chasing him. Okay. And then Sounds weird. he gets finally gets out of the parking garage and it's like somewhere in London at night, you know, and he gets, you know, like blocked in at this fence and he turns around and as he moves, the crowd of people also move the same way he does. And then he goes towards them and then they back up and start to run away. So they, it's some... And then that's kind of the end. He chases like 300 or 400 people away from him back into the parking garage. That's like the climax of the thing. Oh, wow. And my little, um, my little side theory is that this might have been some inspiration for 28 Days Later, uh-huh. which was yes. Annie Boyle's zombie movie in 2002. It has somehow a similar look. And of course, this... Mm-hmm thing where these people are chasing and running and stuff so so did danny boyle also do the the video no the video the original video was actually done by uh another well-known director named walter stern who did a bunch of stuff for prodigy and madonna and faith no more and what else did he do um david bowie Oh, I mean, big names there. he did the Firestarter video from Prodigy, <laughs> so I mean, everybody, everybody knows that yeah. one, right? Yeah, that's my little pre pre nerd out before the 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 remake. But this yeah. video is directed by Costin Turano, <laughs> of course. <laughs> Name coming up everywhere. We're, I think we're gonna have to call him up and do an interview and talk Absolutely. to him about the business of making music videos. He 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 did a video for for Madame Martin, of course. Yeah, but. Um, maybe first a couple of uh, thoughts about the song. A uh, little bit of personal history from my side. I saw the Leprous guys. I saw Leprous on the tour, on the last European tour. Um, it was the very first concert of that tour. It was in Nuremberg. And from the second gig, they played it every single fucking night. Oh, and you I, missed it. I have to admit, I'm a little bit mad at those lovely boys. Did they not play it when we saw them at Strom? No, that was that was the tour before. Even. That was the tour before. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, so um, I haven't seen it either. Then, they know. they do have to play it next time <laughs> I see back. them, <laughs> just for you. <laughs> yeah. Or I I will, um, I will book them for Munich and put it in the contract that <laughs> they have to play Angel. And then you can pay uh, a Massive Attack their royalties for it too. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but but their their rendition of it is really great. I mean, it's 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 very leprous. You know, it's it totally Absolutely. fits their yeah. style and and the video is good. You know, I can't knock the video at all. I mean, even though the original is such a classic video, um, the new the new version fits really well. 
absolutely amazing those guys and the little cello editions from Raphael Weinroth mm. Brown are just beautiful. Actually, I've I've watched a lot of live recordings from fans from from their live performances of Angel and in the studio version now I do miss a little the during the outro um Robin the second guitarist uh, was was doing was helping board with a little added percussion actually oh, okay. and I, I kind of missed that because the the studio version now focuses more on the on the electronic yeah. um programmed drums yeah which of course fits the atmosphere and it's more true to the original i guess you could yeah, say yeah yeah but so I'm, i i can understand where where the the, the reasoning behind it or the, why they did it this way live and this way in the studio. Yeah. Anyway, um, as we speak, as far as I know, Bored is in the studio recording the next Lepros album already, so I'm already really excited about that one as well. Me too. And I think we'll we'll be able to see uh, another video with Bard coming up really soon because uh, Rendezvous Points were just sharing Instagram stories from their latest music video shoot for the new album. I'm really looking forward to that. Absolutely. Thanks for bringing that up, Randy. That was like yesterday or two days ago, and they were shooting like some post-apocalyptic stuff. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Rendezvous Point also. Brilliant band, and we're really excited yeah. about their upcoming sophomore effort. Absolutely. Okay. Wow, that's it. That was a lot of stuff to cover for the What's Hot section. So you see, a lot of stuff is very hot in the prog scene these days. Coming up, Dario, we have a special guest, Mr. Johan Reinholds from yes. Andromeda. I know you're going to fanboy out here, aren't you? I'm going to fanboy the shit out of him. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's a great guy, and I'm uh, looking forward to talking to him again. Looking forward. Let's let's see what happens. Stay tuned, freaks. <laughs> All right, guys, welcome back to the Progcast, presented by the Prog Space. Dario and I are here, and we're on the phone with Johan Reinholds. He is the guitarist of Andromeda, and we want to hear what's going on with the band. And he's also got a bunch of other projects that you may have heard of, including playing guitar for Dark Tranquility, Skyfire, and his other death thrash project, Non-Exist, who released an EP last year called In Praise of Death. Welcome to the show, Johan. Hello, thank you. Um, so, I mean, for, for those who don't know Andromeda, maybe, um, I think Dario should take over at this point because he's got okay. some notes here. Um, All right. Yeah, actually, I thought we, we could just make a quick rundown of the not-so-extensive Andromeda discography because, uh, yeah, I think every album has some some cool stories to tell or every album has got amazing songs on it. And uh, so, of course, the most weird story of how this album came into existence, I think, is Extension of the Wish, because there's uh, two, yeah, two versions of it. Um, so maybe you can tell us a little bit what was going on back then at the beginning of the 2000s, like, um, yeah, with Extension of the Wish. Actually, um I think it started earlier than that. I was I was getting in, in contact with uh, 
Wes Venedictor, who uh, had um, this classic label together with with uh, Pau called Wrong Again Records, and uh, they released In Flames and uh, Dark Kane and uh, what else, uh, Arch Enemy, etc. And then I got in touch with him, you know, buying albums directly from them, and then um, I also sent him my demos, and then. Uh, eventually he wanted to, to make an album with the stuff I made, which was more, at the time I was playing like in a regular metal band in my late teens, but then I started doing some more progressive stuff and he loved, he loved that kind of stuff. So he wanted to put a, a band together with me and, um, and some other, uh, like musicians he knew could fit. So, uh, that was, I think it was in, um, 98, 99 that uh, signed a deal with what was called War Music then. He, the, the label transferred into another name. Uh, but anyway, so uh, so then I signed a contract for Andromeda and then there was only me on the contract. But then we got in, he got me in contact with Thomas Leon, the drummer who had been in a couple of bands locally like Embraced and uh, Ominous. And uh, then Thomas, he... Uh, called some of these, you know, people around here that he had been playing with, that he knew could fit this kind of music. And uh, we started rehearsing autumn 1999, which is almost 20 years this year. I basically wrote the first album by myself, uh, and then we recorded it in spring of 2000. Uh, but the thing was, we uh, didn't really have a... Um, um, the singer in the lineup, but we had a we had a session guy that was supposed to do the session vocals, uh, which was a acquaintance of Daniel Dystand, you know, Dugout Studios, yeah, mm -hmm. where we record the album. It's pretty well known, and he uh, he said, "Oh, this guy could do it, and you should send him your stuff, and he would do like vocal demos." But then this guy, uh, I don't, I shouldn't name his. <laughs> mention his name but when we got the demos we weren't exactly pleased so we said no thank you but no thanks uh so then it was kind of a panic situation so so daniel bergstrand he took in lawrence mcrory which is um he's been a singer in different bands and, and projects and stuff and very professional so they kind of made the vocal arrangements and melodies on the spot in the studio Wow. After we recorded it uh, with my lyrics, then they had my lyrics, and then they just made the vocal melodies and arrangements. So that that's I didn't write that actually. I should say okay. I did the lyrics, but not the vocal arrangement. And they they kind of made it on on the spot very quickly, but very I would say very well done, and professional. So that was kind of a weird situation. Uh, but then again. If, you know, there were certain parts in, in the songs where this, uh, there were supposed to be vocals. Well, I had vocals in mind, but they didn't really, they didn't really, um, I mean, they thought differently. So there were, like, places left out. And so then we had uh, the album licensed to a French label, which called Nothing to Say, NTS, which is a, or was a very good label for progressive and power metal in, in France. They had a lot of we say resources and stuff, and they, uh, by that time we had got David Fremberg into the band, and then they said, like, why don't you re-record uh, yeah. this album with your, I mean, your new, your permanent, I mean, your, your real singer now, 
So then we said, okay, that's a good idea, actually, because we wanted to, you know, really bring David into the band. Plus, then we could repair those passages that were not, there were supposed to be vocals where there weren't. Okay. So, that, so then we, you know, added vocals and made it a, a, a different version. Okay, w was that um, before or after two is, w is one? Oh, before. That was before because ah, okay. I think I think uh, everywhere on the internet on the metal archives or prog archives, uh, it's uh, it is said that uh, two is one came out in two thousand three and the final extension in two thousand four. Like I say, it was it was a French label who wanted to to uh, that came with the idea to re-record. So they re it was released in France in two thousand one, um, and then later our. The, our main label, the I mean the Swedish label, they they um, released it again ah, with I those see. Uh, with the new mix, new vocals, and two extra songs, which was all also on the French version. And then they put another cover, which I don't I don't remember ever okaying that cover, but <laughs> <laughs> they just took another cover from Nicholas and Dean, and just like oh, we should be doing something differently so yeah and that turned into final extension i think it's called so it's a bit of a confusion did you actually but, have the original cover in mind uh or maybe like a variation of it um for the re-release um i don't remember actually mm. <laughs> no i don't remember but that that second cover uh is so i mean it's really weird it doesn't have anything really to do with uh with um with the title so it's kind of weird but <laughs> yeah, <laughs> long time ago. I don't remember all that, but I mean, let's before we go further. Let's let's take a step back a little bit further. Um, I mean, you're quite an accomplished guitar player. How did you get started in in playing guitar and stuff? What's your background? I um, I started playing when I was nine. And then it was like uh, me and a couple friends in school. We were. Listening to Europe, which was they were really big at the time, uh, late '80s, <laughs> and uh, basically wanted to to be Kim Marcello and Jan Norum. So we started playing at you know the local music school, which we have a lot of those in Sweden. Like this, um, in every little town, we have a music school. You can go after school, kind of, and um, kind of for not so expensive, you can take lessons and stuff. And uh, I started doing that, and then. Uh, when I was about 11, I get, got into more heavy stuff like Metallica, Slayer, Iron Maiden, you know, all this, and a lot of death metal bands and all that, you know, bands uh, that a lot of other people also got into. And then I started getting more um, inspired to practice and, and eventually started writing uh, my own songs with, you know, local bands with friends in, when I was maybe 13. And, and then I went on from there. Um, Getting into more kind of, you know, shred players like Ingvi and Alan Holsworth and uh, Fusion and, and you know progressive rock and progressive metal and and uh, went up in that way throughout the teens, you know, playing in local bands or mainly one band and uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. And then uh, when I was about seventeen, eighteen, that was when some of the f I mean first ideas that are and riffs that are on extension, they were written when I was about 17, 18. Um, those first things that were 
it can that will, can be found on extension. So yeah, that's pretty much it. The early background. <laughs> so and uh, from from that era, from from the extension of the Wish era, any um, songs that maybe that you're still particularly proud of or you you still like playing live any favorite songs from um yeah can, i mean worse than spoken is always uh still holds up really well i think um uh we've been playing in the deepest of waters a lot and a lot but maybe i like it a lot but maybe it's not i don't know <laughs> we played it Almost every show ever, so you know, maybe it's a bit overrated in our eyes. But I, I like the uh, the title track. I think it's yeah, it's really good. Uh, I, I just wanted to say that. Uh, and then there are some songs which we never play live anymore, like uh, "Starshooter Supreme," which is kind of uh, kind of stands out pretty different than the other songs. Yeah, I was gonna say I really but, love uh, this song though. Um, Uh, I actually have a little personal history with it. One of my first films in film school, I made like, I had somebody follow us around with a video camera and make a behind the scenes. And we used that song in the little okay. behind the scenes, you know, like <laughs> it had the right upbeat okay. tempo. <laughs> cool, cool. <laughs> But uh, yeah, But, you're uh, right. It's 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 uh, stylistically, it's it, it it's a bit of a di difference from the other songs on the album. Yeah, yeah. But uh, I think my favorite on the album is, is the instrumental one. Yeah. Chameleon Carnival. Yeah, exactly like 20 years that that song was written. It was written, uh, wow. I think, January or February 1999. And it was first, I performed it myself at a, like a, there was this kind of a national talent uh, competi you know, show competition mm -hmm. you can pr participate in. So there were local um, uh, competitions. And then the one you can go to the, to the final in Stockholm. So I was, um, I played that song and another song with backtracks uh, and that was about 20 years ago now. so that was be before andromeda was even there was no s such thing as andromeda how far did you get so, no i, di yeah. I didn't uh, make it past through past the the, f the first uh, competition you're but, kidding come on yeah. no but i mean it was just me <laughs> and uh it was it was too track, so it was uh, okay it was too good for them it's too good for them they didn't understand <laughs> uh, it yeah, i don't know Now, I have the feeling that um, for me, the Chameleon Carnival has a little bit more hard rock feeling with this kind of Hammond organ style. Um, first, maybe we we close off this extension of the Wish era by by saying I I really like the two uh, additional tracks on the re-release as well. Yeah, yeah, they're really great. Cool. And thank you, Eclipse. That's not my song at all. That's Martin's song actually. Oh okay, uh, but it's pretty, I like it a lot. It's more like you know, more of a dark ballad, slow, heavy type thing. Yeah, it's cool. Um, and then the other one is uh, also a very old song, which was I think it's even, it's even older than than Chameleon. I think it's maybe I think it's from ninety ninety eight. So I think it's about twenty one years old. But we were talking about instrumentals and um, well on. On the next album, on the second album, Two is One, there is a crazy, crazy instrumental called Morphing Into Nothing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Which has like quite a different vibe compared to Chameleon Carnival. Yeah, Chameleon Carnival is definitely, like you said, uh, totally different vibe than I say most any other Andromeda song. Like more hard rock, more, uh, I don't know, a bit funky fusion, kind of influenced. <laughs> 
and um, a bit more happy and playful kind of vibe. And then morphing into nothing, I wanted to like um, bring it up a notch in more uh, like speed. So it's a bit more aggressive, I think. Absolutely. Uh, overall, and but um, yeah, really it's definitely like a, it's definitely like a continuation of of Chameleon. Okay. Sure. Yeah, L- looking looking at just looking at the track list from Two is One, um, I can't help but say th- this is an absolute modern prog metal classic. Um, there's not one single weak song on it. It's for me, it's a masterpiece. Um, sorry for fanboying away here. <laughs> no, but it's it's, it's, it's all right. Thank you. Uh, it's an amazing record and like. Uh, the the opening triple is already amazing with the encyclopedia mirages really heavy stuff and the reaching deep within but then the rest is just flawless like one song better than the other and uh, it's i'm i'm at loss for words again because this is <laughs> such an amazing album and then you went into a little bit of different direction in yeah, uh, yeah. 2006 with chimera yeah, not as crazy, complex, more a little more accessible and straightforward at points. And yeah, yeah, I I'm gonna say it right up up front. My favorite is Blink of an Eye. That Doom riff is just so glorious. Yeah, it's pretty. Yeah, it's pretty doomy. Yeah, and that's uh, Evan. That's Martin's song. So he, uh, I think he more or less wrote the, that whole song himself. We never played it live or anything. Um, yeah, it's um, it's a cool like ending of the album. Um, it's kind of a natural thing, uh, I think. After um, after two is one, which there was a lot of ideas flowing around, and uh, especially Martin getting into into the songwriting of the band, and uh, yeah, Thomas and and David too. So uh, there was a lot of uh, lust to play this, you know, very progressive, complex stuff, and then we like. Now we want to do something, maybe something different, and you know, not uh, repeat ourselves too much. But I mean, it's not. I mean, it's not that straightforward. I mean, there are some songs that are pretty straightforward, like yeah, in the end, and uh, no guidelines and so forth. But there is some really intense uh, prog stuff on there too. But yeah, overall, definitely uh, more straightforward. Um, I think. Um, my favorite song is is probably uh, Inner Circle on that album. It's, uh, I would if I would like play if someone asked what Andromeda is about, I would, that was probably one or of a couple. Uh, this that song is probably the one I would play, or maybe oh, one okay. of three I would play yeah. or four. Songs. Yeah, cool. And really, uh, it shows uh, representing you know, most, the most of sound. our sides as a band. Yeah. And then you did a live uh, DVD, an album, actually, right? Before b- between Chimera and the Immunity Zone was playing yeah, off the board. Um, playing off the board it was kind of that um, Polish DVD thing that many bands have done. Ah, okay, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because there, there, there's a label in Poland. I think they're on still. I don't know, but called Metal Mind Production. That seems to have a or seem to have like a monopoly on you know arranging DVD recording sessions in. Poland with a lot of lot of different you know all types of in bands in the metal genre. So we did one of those in Katowice, and uh, I don't know the uh, the result is pretty sterile. It's like it's in a it's a beautiful theater, 
Mm. But the people are seated and I don't know, it's kind of a weird vibe. I don't think it really works. So I think the, and the recording is very, I don't know, cold and sterile, like I said, and there's no real ambience or audience feel into the, into the sound either. So. Yeah, interesting. But uh, so I'm. I mean, the bonus material I think is funny. That's I think probably yeah. the best and, thing. And that. Unfortunately, <laughs> I, I don't have it. But we're gonna get to to a very different DVD release with a different crowd response later. Um, yeah. uh, onto the immunity zone, uh, which for for my uh, I, I would say combined both the like like song songwriting like song focused songwriting with really strong choruses um and the progressive side especially with the monster um long track veil of illumination yeah yeah it's uh i would say like it's a continuation of the chimera but for sure there is some um really um technical stuff on there like uh veil um predominantly then and um yeah it was also like um i guess there are like four or five songs the, the album starts with i don't know it's four or five songs without even a solo so it's kind of i don't know maybe people get disappointed but i don't know it, for me it's a kind of a it's not that different from uh chimera that album um yeah just from reading the the most song titles i um i especially slave of the plethora season or shadow of a loosen moon i immediately have that chorus in my mind they're really mm, that's good r- that's really good. great hook lines and um yeah also this this riff underlying shadow of a loosen moon chorus with with yeah it's like a little bit odd but still straightforward uh, I don't know. It's really cool stuff in inside more traditional song structures, which I find pretty pretty cool. All right, cool. Um, Thank you. <laughs> but still, yeah, I I still have to point out Veil of Illumination. This was uh, 2008, so um, actually, um, yeah, most of the young young generation, I would say getting into prog metal start like they might have gotten into prog metal the last years with maybe um uh last two or, or the the, uh, the haken albums the last last two or three and they might have checked back until aquarius which was th- 2010 and maybe they're hailing visions or um, Celestial Elixir or, or some of those Haken long tracks uh, which also uh, mostly clock in around between 15 and 20 minutes as like the prog metal epic whatever but I, I, I would say I would say kids listen to Veil of Elimination <laughs> but to, to all those kids in Haken Heaven and, 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 and these kind of Facebook groups I, I, I would really urge you guys to check out Andromeda and Veil of Illumination. All right. Illumination. Sounds legit to me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, after after that uh, album, I actually saw you guys live for the first time at Prog Power 2009. And then, oh, yeah, yeah, that was fun. Yeah. And then 2011 again at the Generation Prog Festival, actually. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, which was great, great times. Um 
And Nuremberg, right? Yeah, in Nuremberg, actually. And yeah, and the next, I, I was getting, I, I got involved with the Generation Prague Festival with Michael Shatter later and helped him the last two editions as well as a stage manager and stuff. But back at that time, I was only there as a, only <laughs> there as a fan. Because I remember when you were playing Generation Prog Festivals, um, you were handing out flyers for the new album that was supposed to come th that very year. And it also did, it was 2011 with Manifest Tyranny. The album turned out to be a really heavy one. Not only lyrically. <laughs> Again, it's, it's an amazing album. And uh, for me... I was listening to um, Go Back to Sleep for for a long time, for like half a year, every day. <laughs> All right. I, cool. I just I just love the those those harmonies and the keyboard solo uh, in the outro. Yeah, I like that song a lot too. Actually, it's it's a really beautiful it's ballad. Dark. But yeah, that was 2011, um, yeah. and that was your last studio album. Yes. So what what's the future hold now for Andromeda? I think everybody wants to know. Um, so this is, we can't call it a new album anymore, but it's uh, <laughs> the next album is, uh, I mean, um, it's recorded. Um, basically everything's recorded. Um, just have to mix it. And, uh, you know, we have a label that's going to release it. And I don't know, it's probably going to be out this year or early next year so there's been a lot of um, personal problems in the band and uh, and you know other like uh, problems with getting motivation to to do stuff because since we can't haven't been able to get the new album done we can't really play any shows or get tour so then it gets like total stalemate so so I don't know. It's been it's a crazy long time since the last album. So it's gonna be really good to to finally get it out because it's very frustrating to sit around with all these songs uh, and actually listen to some very rough mixes the other other week that I got and uh, almost forgot <laughs> what I was playing <laughs> on the album. Is that is that me? Yeah, apparently it is, but I don't remember some of the stuff anymore. Because I recorded wow. my my tracks about, I mean, it's like three, two, three years ago. I know a lot of people are disappointed, and uh, we we too. But I know it's just how things go some sometimes. And yeah. uh, then I I wanted to to get out and play more. Um, You're certainly doing that now. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> I started, you know, lo looking for other other things to do. You know. So that's why I ended up playing with Dark Cruelty, um, because I want to do this on a on a professional level. Yeah, and, I mean, uh, you guys are touring so, nonstop, it seems, yeah. um, which yeah. must be great for you then. <laughs> yeah, I'm really happy with it. And there was always the problem with Andromeda for different reasons. I mean, uh, it's easy to, to sit around and just blame the labels and the, the bookers and the manager or, you know, the, the booking agency. But uh, there have been flaws at their end, but also we have been too lazy and we haven't been, you know, you have to have basically all the members on the same page and, and in the same kind of phase in life so you have so you can you know go for it at the same time everybody but mm. it's been hard to to get that with this band it's been people have been doing 
haven't been able to tour and then this other guy couldn't tour then and then the other guy couldn't tour the next time and then uh you can come up with the money for the uh, buy on or whatever and then yeah and you don't really establish yourself because you have to play live all the time and we didn't do that so if we had done it maybe it would be way more you know established as a band but we didn't so that's that's how it is especially for 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 band uh of of uh, Andromeda's size, like in in the underground, you you've got a re- reputable name, yeah. uh, absolutely. But um, yeah, it, I think we all can understand that that it's really hard um, to to get something going, and and you're actually having a day job at home, and and have to, of course, to commit to that first to. Uh, be able to pay the bills and then maybe uh, squeeze in a tour or a couple of shows when you yeah. can take some days off and so I mean, I mean it gets it gets harder and harder when you maybe when you're 20 25 you can you know take more chances but then you get older and then you have more bills to pay and all that and then people started getting you know kids and uh, then you you stuck with that or you stuck with a a job that you need also and so yeah in yeah. the end, it gets like it, it gets impossible to work for free. That's basically it. Uh, but uh, yeah, the last release you did was in 2016, if I'm not mistaken, and it was another DVD. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 16, a, yeah. And a totally different one from the first one, uh, crowd size and audience reaction wise, right? <laughs> yeah, 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 I mean, uh, that's, I think the best release we've done you know it's like uh way better than the, the first um, dvd of course with all the you know the size of the audience and the production and everything and um um so how did you get also to play we, in we vietnam actually, <laughs> at that point we actually toured a lot all that whole that whole autumn which was kind of unusual for us we've been on weekend tours and and a uh, longer tour and so we were pretty tight at that okay. point so it all came together and that you know that vietnam tour so that was really really great and everything was better and you know the sound is is way more organic like a real live album and uh and of course the audience is better and the, and the you know the, the the whole visual show so that's the got to be the best andromeda release i mean it's not a studio album but for sure it's it's the, it's the best one like it's self-release right yeah okay we, uh you know we shopped around for for um we thought we had a really you know attractive product but turns out that the whole you know dvd market was pretty much den- dead by that time yeah. or at least for i mean of course the real big bands can still do it but um I mean, we got some really good, honest answers back from some of the labels. Like, I think it was what's his name, Monte Connor, whatever. He used yeah. to work for Roadrunner. He was like, yeah. mm-hmm. "Oh, guys, I I know your your stuff. You're really good, and uh, but you know the harsh reality is that you know you're not gonna sell. You're gonna sell this much, and then it's no point for us. And so it's thank you, but it's a great product, but there's no there's no market for this anymore." So then we were like, okay, then I have to do it ourselves. So we did a pledge, a pledge campaign for that. Yeah. So. So I mean, we would have preferred to to get a, like a real release, but at least this this way we got, 
you know, all we got some money, money and all everything recouped. So that's good. But the, that's I mean, great. the negative side is that there's not really many copies left because I don't know how many we pressed, but I mean. Yeah, I just wanted to ask if you, if, if 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 it's still available the live in Vietnam DVD. I think there are some, you know, <laughs> cases in in lying your... around in the merch with with the DVDs, but okay, so, so there's is, there's, is... Not, there's nothing to buy in the stores. I mean, I mean, <laughs> uh, okay. one thing you could consider uh, just as a side topic, um, you know, Vimeo has is making this very popular nowadays to sell your films. I know from coming from a filmmaker's side. Um, oh yeah, mm, cool. You know, to do a self distribution through Vimeo, and um, you know, particularly with the album, with the new album coming, um, and once you announce that, uh, for the people who weren't able to buy the original DVD, you could, uh, you know, cons considering you still have all the rights, you could sell the live show on um, on Vimeo, for instance, as, you know, as a video on demand. As a video on demand, like um, um, Agent Fresco recently did this with the live show from their last album, and, and it's a it's a good idea. So yeah, I would. Idea. We will look look into that because yeah. that's. I mean, that's the way it's got to work now. Yeah, and maybe that's that's some, also some nice uh, hype for the album. You know, get people ready for it. Yeah, to go yeah, back and check idea. that out. It's a very good idea. Thank you. Sure. <laughs> um, and then I guess before we um, before we let you go, maybe you could just uh, just give us an update on all the other stuff you're doing uh, for the Andromeda fans who want to know all the other things going on in your life. So we have a. With Dark and Cruelty, we're going to do a Russia, Ukraine, Belarus tour in a couple of weeks. And then we're doing some, um, well, a lot of festivals, mainly in summer. And then we have uh, some other stuff that I can't talk about. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> so, uh, and then with Non-Exist, uh, I'm working on um, a full-length album, which is going to feature the... the uh, the EP in Praise of Death EP. Yeah. But that was only released as a digital release because our label didn't think it was, I don't know, uh, interesting or, not, or attractive enough to do like a full physical release. So I've, I've uh, written and recorded uh, seven more songs. So it's going to be 12 songs on a, on a full length album, which cool. is going to be out, I think, this year. So just just or uh, early next year. For for the record, non-exist is your death thrash metal side project, right? Exactly. Yeah. And Where, um, you used had to have you won't leave on on vocals now. I sing since about three years. I sing now. I yeah. play guitar. Okay. And, and then um, and Linus oh, Linus is also playing bass, right? With Linus, yes, yeah, playing yeah. bass when we play live. Yeah. A few times we play. Cool. <laughs> and then um, what else? Um, I'm working on a solo album. Ooh. Actually, two, but first, uh, <laughs> it's going to be one that is going to be uh, very mellow and atmospheric, not really a metal album. And then it's going to be another album which is going to be more with guitar. Mm, uh, exciting. Uh, yeah. And then um, what else? Yeah, the, the Skyfire came up with a new EP, Liberation in Death, that was last year. Mm hmm. And uh, but I'm not very, I'm not too involved in Skyfire. Basically, I I do the leads on the recording. That's about it. Uh, then I have a electronic project with my girlfriend, which is called Murdered Beats, and uh, we did one EP uh, two years ago or one and a half. It's 
called Silent Order. It's on. Uh, it's only digital. It was our first thing, and now we are working on a, on a new release as well. That's about it. Awesome. Wow. Yep. Well, hey, man. Thanks so much for taking the time coming. to talk to yeah, us. We no can't problem. wait. Maybe we can touch base with you again in like six months because it sounds like there's a whole lot of stuff <laughs> like coming together maybe this year um, that yeah. we can kind of like get an update on. And sure. No problem. Keep you in the spotlight. Good. All right, freaks. See you next time. Freaks out. The Freaks Progcast, presented by the Prague Space, is a production of Stuus Media and is recorded at the Moonbase Studios in Munich. The show is produced by Janine Stango, Blake Lewis, Kai Metzner, Dario Albrecht, and myself, Randy M. Salo. Our theme music is provided by This Is Not an Elephant. Thanks for tuning in, Freaks. See you next time. Freaks out. <laughs>